Hello and welcome to Ari Goldwag's Parsha podcast. I'd like to share with you a beautiful idea that I found in this week's Torah portion in this week's Parsha. The Torah describes how Moshe Rabbeinu sees this incredible vision of the sneh, boyer boish. The bush is burning, it's on fire. It does not get consumed. An incredible vision, can you imagine seeing something which is completely against the laws of nature? That's what Moshe Rabbeinu saw. And then all of a sudden, a voice comes out of this bush, and it says, Moshe, Moshe, and he calls out his name. And Moshe Rabbeinu responds, Hineni, here I am. And then the Pesukim continued to relate the conversation between HaKadosh Baruch Hu, between Hashem, between God and Moshe. And in Perak Gimel, Pesuk Yud Aleph, chapter 3, verse 11, Moshe says to God as follows, Vayomer Moshe el ha'elikim, Mi anoichi, who am I, ki elech el paro, that I will go to paro. Vichi oitziyetz b'nei Yisrael mi and I will take the Jews out of Egypt. Who am I? Rashi explains there are two questions here. First question is, who am I, Moshe was saying. What significance do I have as an individual? What greatness do I have? I do not feel that I am great enough to be able to bring the people of Israel out of Egypt. The second question was, who are they? What merit do the Jews have to be taken out of Mitzrayim, to be taken out of Egypt? There was a twofold question here, to which Hashem responds, so the first question first, the second question second. Hashem responds, Don't worry about who are you. I will be with you. And you have this sign that I've showed you already, the fact that you've seen this burning bush. And you want to know what the merit is that the people of Israel will be taken out of Egypt the merit is that they will come to serve God on this mountain. Because as Rashi stated previously, and the verse itself states, where were they standing? Where was Moshe Rabbeinu standing when he was speaking to God? He was standing at Har Sinai, at Mount Sinai, the place that the Jews would come to receive the Torah. Now this is an incredible thing, something that Israel is going to do in the future. They're going to receive the Torah. They're going to accept the Torah. That is something that's going to help them for right now. That tzchos, that merit that they're going to have in the future will somehow retroactively operate for them now to help them to get out of Egypt. Now that for certain needs an explanation. How does that work? How is it possible that something that's going to happen in the future is going to help them for now? Now when I first evaluated this question, the first thing that came to my mind was the fact that Hashem commanded, God commanded the people of Israel before they left Egypt that every single household had to take a Korban Pesach, a Paschal sacrifice, an animal, a sheep, tied to their bedpost for five days from the 10th of the month until the 15th of the month. And on the 15th, take that animal, slaughter it, roast it, and eat it in accordance with the rules that God set down. Now on the surface, it doesn't seem like such a big deal. Like, what's the big deal? Take an animal, you slaughter it, you sacrifice it, you eat it, What's the big deal? But Chazal tell us that it was an incredibly big deal because this animal, the sheep, was one of the animals worshipped by the Egyptians. So what it meant for the Jews to take this animal and tie it to their bedposts and to sacrifice it five days later, this was an open act of defiance against the Egyptians. This was a statement, your God is nothing and our God is everything. We are ready to go to the nth degree. We are ready to go to the end and do whatever God says. 
and we're ready to take your gods and sacrifice them. So I thought this concept, this idea, already they showed their willingness to do whatever Hashem wanted, whatever God wanted. And that was something that exemplified them then. And that was something that exemplified them later when they accepted the Torah. They said, Nasev and Ishma, we will do and we will listen. First they said, we will do. We don't even know what we're going to accept. We're going to take it on. Whatever you say, God, you've been out there for our good from beginning to end. We're going to take it on, whatever you say. So this characteristic they already had previously, even before they were taken out of Egypt. So this commandment Hashem gave them to take the Paschal Lamb was something that would bring out their potential, would bring out their ability, their innate ability to accept whatever God said. And this chus, the merit, was already there from the beginning. That's what I thought to say. And then I asked a friend of mine, his name is Rabbaruch Shechter, this same question, and he gave me a deeper insight, which really actually includes what I said. You'll see how soon. And I think it really explains well what the understanding is, how something in the future a future acceptance, Israel's, the people of Israel are going to receive the Torah, how that helps for now, and how it helps for them to be saved at this time. There's an incredibly deep yesoid, a foundational idea that we see from here, and it plays itself out in a number of different contexts. Here's the idea that Rabbi Shechter said. The fact that the people of Israel would accept the Torah later on, at this later date, at Har Sinai, at Mount Sinai, months later, that was a reflection of their deep inner consciousness, their deep inner conviction, their deep inner character. This character was one of accepting, of openness, of being willing to hear what God has to say and being ready to do it, no matter what. That was something that was not something new that they did at that time when they accepted the Torah, it was something that was within them from the beginning, even before when they were still in Egypt. They were people who were ready to do what they were told. They were ready to answer to a higher purpose. That is what Hashem saw in them. That was the merit that enabled the Jews to be able to be taken out of Egypt, to be redeemed from the ultimate slavery, a slavery that should never have ended in a natural way, that could not have ended in a natural way. The thing that saved them, the merit that enabled them to leave, was this ability to accept whatever God said, to be able to accept the Torah. And in fact, I believe, and the way I understand it is, that this same ability is what they showed when Hashem told them, when God told them to take that Paschal Lamb, to do something which was self-sacrificial, to do something that seemed impossible, to go against the outer culture, and to be able to do that, that showed, that reflected this innate ability that they had. And that ability was something that was present before the Paschal Lamb, before Kabbalah Satayr, before they accepted the Torah. It was something in their spiritual gene pool that enabled them to do this, and that was what God saw, that was what Hashem saw, that He looked down to Klai Yisrael and he said, these people have the merits, they have the ability to be saved. And that's what Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu. Now I'd like to take this idea and I'd like to bring it into our lives because it's something that's very powerful and it certainly has a, has a very specific application I'd like to share with you and I'd like to show you. Now I heard this idea on a beautiful speech that was given by Rav Akiva Tatz. You can hear the actual original on simpletoremember.com. They have MP3s there of Rabbi Kiva Tatz's. This is an MP3 about reincarnation and the days of Mashiach, the days of the Messianic era. 
Nowadays, the way God set up the world is that we have free choice. We have free will. We can choose between good and evil. God wants us to choose the good. However, we do not see, we do not see immediately the ramifications of our evil actions or our good actions. If we do a good thing, we don't get rewarded right away. If we do an evil thing, we don't see the amount of destruction we cause. So it's very easy for someone to fall prey to his Yetzirah, to his evil inclination. However, when Mashiach comes, there will not be any such situation anymore. Yes, we will have free will when Mashiach comes. However, and it's a big however, it will be a very different character of free will. It will be like the free will of someone, you, who's standing on top of a roof and has to decide if he wants to jump off the roof or not. No one in their right mind would jump off. That's the type of free will we're going to have. It's going to be so clear, the ramifications of our actions, we will understand so clearly that God is there and God is one and everything that we do affects the world that we will not even dream of doing something that's not correct. We will not even dream of going against God's will. That will be the nature of the days of Mashiach. And it's a time when we will have the opportunity to be learning all day. We won't be worried about Parnassah. We won't be worried about our livelihood. We won't be worried about anything. None of the nations will be trying to destroy Israel. Everything will be perfect utopia. The world will be in a beautiful state. And all this so that we will be able to come close to God and to be able to accomplish all the things that we need to accomplish. Now the obvious problem is, what do we gain by having this period of time where we have no Bechir, we have no free will, and we get to do all these spiritual things. Spiritual things are wonderful, but if you don't have free will, they're not worth too much. It's not a challenge. God pays back a person according to the difficulty of their ordeal. If it's not an ordeal, you don't get paid back for it. What is the significance of this time? What, what does it help to have this time, this free time, to be able to learn Torah if you have no free will to do that? So Rabbi Tatz brings an incredible maharal to explain this problem. The maharal says as follows, Each of the thousand years of the world, and we're now in the sixth thousandth year, each of the thousand years of the world represent a day. The first thousand years represents Sunday, the second thousand years represents Monday, etc. And the seventh thousand year represents Shabbos. That's the time of Olam Habba. And at the very end of the 6,000th year, meaning sometime between now and the year 6,000, will begin the period of the days of Mashiach, the Messianic era. Now, the Maral says that the Messianic era itself represents something very interesting. It represents the idea of Yom Tif, the idea of a festival. Now, what's the difference between a festival and Shabbos? There's one fundamental difference. The difference is the ability to cook. On Shabbos, you're not allowed to cook. Everything has to be prepared from before Shabbos. On Yontif, on, the fe on a festival, you're allowed to cook for the festival as long as there's a fire burning from before the festival. More than that, says the morale, if you have a festival that falls out on Erev Shabbos on Friday, and you want to cook on the festival for Shabbos, you want to prepare for Shabbos on the festival? You have to begin cooking from before the festival. If you begin cooking before the festival, then the cooking that you do on the festival is considered a con continuation of the cooking that you did before. And then that cooking you can do for Shabbos. You can prepare on the festival for Shabbos as long as you've started before the festival began. 
says the Maral, an incredible idea. If you begin working, learning Torah, dedicating yourself to Torah before the days of Mashiach, it's like Yontif. It's like Yontif, the festival preparing for Shabbos. All of the learning that you will do during the days of Mashiach is going to be credited towards you as long as you've started before. Now that's an unbelievable idea. If you show dedication, you show your willingness, you show your ratzon, your desire to learn the Torah, to come close to God, to really understand what God wants from you, then that desire trickles down, snowballs into the days of Mashiach. And all the learning that you do is considered a continuation of when you had Bechira. Incredible idea. But I think it goes along with what we were saying about Klal Yisrael, about the people of Israel in Egypt. They had that inner desire to do the will of God. And that's what helped them merit to be saved from this horrible persecution of Egypt. And that, I believe, is true for us as well. If we show our desire to learn Hashem's Torah, to do God's will, that is something that will stand for us forever because it will enable us during the times of Mashiach, during the Messianic era, to learn God's Torah and for us to have the credit as if we were doing it with our free will. Because once we show that that's something that we really want, Machshavatova is mitzterefes lamaisa. A good thought, God considers it as if you did it. So a person is, has all kinds of difficult things. Why he, he can't learn Torah? He's involved with his livelihood. He's involved with this. He's involved with that. There are so many things that make it difficult for a person to accomplish all he really wants to accomplish in Torah. But if a person shows his desire, he's constantly going to shiurim if he can. He's tr constantly trying to learn the daf yomi. Or he's constantly trying to learn whatever he can. If he shows God that, God says, you showed me that, you showed me that you have the desire. When Mashiach comes, you're going to be able to fulfill your desire to its fullest. And that... Merit will stand for us now and it will stand for us then. And God willing, it will stand for us for all eternity when we will bask in the eternal light of God in the merit of our learning Torah and in the merit of our doing God's will.